When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2406. I've come in from the cold and thank you so much to everyone who had such kind things to say about my episode of appreciation for Hoth and the Empire Strikes Back going out in the snowstorm to do it. And I thought that upon waking this morning, there were so many other things that I had to tell you about that, that we didn't talk about in yesterday's episode. So I'm going to share with you some behind the scenes details from a book that's really hard to get a hold of these days. It is Once Upon a Galaxy, the journal of the making of the Empire Strikes Back. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Once Upon a Galaxy, we've talked about this book from time to time on the show and Ryan Johnson actually talked about it when he was, I believe it was when he was developing The Last Jedi and about how remarkable a book he thought it was, especially in terms of the way movie making is done now versus the way movie making was done back in the 70s and 80s and that you couldn't do as honest of an account of the making of a blockbuster picture today that was done in this book Once Upon a Galaxy. And what struck me about it this time reading the parts about Hoth was the fact that it feels like, you know how in certain magazines where you know, the writer of a particular feature piece kind of inserts himself or herself into the story and is talking about his or her own experiences leading into, say, interviews with famous people and whatnot? Well, that is kind of what happens as Alan Arnold reflects on his own experiences and his own emotions and reactions to things as he goes through the book. And his account actually starts with the Hoth stuff because that is where principal photography began. It began in Norway in March of 1978. And, you know, a couple of amazing things about that. First of all, Mary Lou Hamill, who is Mark Hamill's wife, was actually many months pregnant, according to Alan Arnold at the time. He doesn't say how many months exactly, just many months pregnant, and made the trip anyway. So she was up there. Carrie Fisher was there and she went not because she had any scenes to film, she did not, she just liked traveling. And so she went along for the ride just to see the scenery. And they weren't ready yet to film at Elstree Studios in London, so she had the opportunity to do that. And it says in the book that she was actually gonna go on to Sweden after hanging out in Norway for a while before going back to London for the filming at the studio. Now, when they arrived, they arrived in the middle of a blizzard and there had already been technicians up there. Key technicians from the first unit and a whole second unit crew were already in Finns. And so Alan Arnold was traveling with Gary Kurtz, the producer and his wife and Mark Hamill and Mary Lou. And Carrie Fisher had a 
childhood friend named Charlie with her. And so he was by himself and reflecting on the fact that he was traveling by himself. But yeah, they all arrived and they had time to relax and, you know, get set. Uh, but, you know, the blizzard was ongoing, and so their first day of filming on Monday, March 5th, they couldn't get to either of their, you know, filming camps, which explains the story for how they were set up in the, you know, the shelter of the Finns Ski Lodge and shooting Mark Hamill wandering around in the snow as he collapses after escaping from the Wampa Cave. And Mark Hamill had a stand-in also who was up there doing some some of the wandering and falling as well. And as far as why they chose Finns in the first place, Alan Arnold had previously interviewed Robert Watts, who was the associate producer, and the reason why, according to the book, says in clear weather, the glacier provides the uninterrupted treeless expanse we need for the Hoth scenes. However, a film location must also offer two other essentials, accommodation for the crew and a link with transportation to get people and equipment in and out. Otherwise, filming at the North Pole would be feasible. And that whole logistics thing, Arnold notes that getting equipment to the set on fins to the location meant transporting 10 containers by sea from Felixstowe on England's east coast to Oslo and then shipping them from Oslo by train to Finns. And three more containers were flown in from London to Bergen and then, quote-unquote, certain fragile makeup and special effects items were hand-carried by crew members. And ultimately, it said that there were 70 crew and cast in the 35-room ski lodge in Finns by the time they were ready to get going. And because of the weather and then subsequent avalanches, yes, <laughs> avalanches, plural, and this does seem a little bit, you know, reverse logical, basically, but because of the fact that they were going to be potentially delayed longer in Norway for the shoot because of the weather conditions, they decided that Harrison Ford should come to Norway to film his scenes. Apparently, his scenes related to Hoth were all going to be able to be filmed in Elstree Studios, but because of the way things started off in Norway, they decided to get Harrison Ford there as well. But again, in blizzards and avalanches, and yet they managed to make it happen. Um, according to the March 7th report by Telex to the news agencies, American actor Harrison Ford has reached the snow-stricken pass at Finns, Norway to start work in The Empire Strikes Back in a manner to justify the claim that the show must go on. He arrived in the engine compartment of a snow clearance vehicle, the only thing that could move along the Oslo-Bergen single-track railroad, which avalanches and collapsed snow tunnels have blocked. So he did get there, and things did eventually improve <laughs> to some degree. So the goal had been to film in two different locations on this glacier, one at 3,000 feet and one at 6,000 feet. They had established these things, Camp Charmin, named after Bruce Charmin, the production supervisor, at 3,000 feet on the glacier, and then Camp Kurtz, after Gary Kurtz, at 6,000 feet, at the summit of the glacier. They were only able to get about halfway up to Camp Charmin to film some of the scenes where Luke is riding a Tauntaun before Alan Arnold finally had to leave and go to London for assignments. So, Alan Arnold was there for about a week. Mark Hamill actually stayed 
for some additional shooting with the second unit. The first unit people also took off along with Alan Arnold, so they were only there for a week. But Mark Hamill stayed to try to get further up the glacier for scenes that they had hoped that they would film um, with the second unit instead. And Arnold actually says the encampments had been built along the lines of Arctic survival camps and were equipped with toilets, medical supplies, and emergency food rations in lead-sealed packs because that <laughs> it was the 70s, right? Um, the size of paperback books. In addition, all the snow-tracked vehicles being used to convey personnel across the snowscapes and up to the glacier carry these emergency packs. Why are life-saving precautions like this necessary? Because the script called for the setting representing a hostile, ice-bound planet, etc., etc. And with Finns, the filmmakers have come as close to finding such a setting as the logistics sustaining a big-scale film will permit. And actually, now as I'm looking through this, I misspoke a little bit. So, Alan Arnold took off around March 10th, and he notes that Monday, March 12th, was when the first unit had wrapped at Finns and was on their way home. So he did not travel home with the first unit. Um, that was also when Mark Hamill was staying there a little bit longer to try to get that second unit photography up higher on the glacier. And it isn't necessarily clear when Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill all get back from Norway, but the book does note that on Friday, March 16th, that Han and Leia are filming scenes together in London, and on March 19th, they're filming the scene where Luke is in the Bakta tank on Hoth, and that is happening in London as well. And it isn't until Friday, April 6th, that Arnold notes that the second unit returns from Norway. He says that the weather kept up its tough battle with them and from March 12th to April 3rd when they finished filming they had only had five days of really good shooting conditions but every morning the crew set out at 6 a.m. from Finns climbing as close to the glacier as the blizzards and whiteouts permitted. He goes on to note that they managed three days of filming on the glacier itself and spent up to 11 hours at a stretch on it in temperatures 10 degrees below zero and in a bitter 40 mile an hour wind that brought a chill factor of 30 degrees below. There were numerous cases of frostbite, fatigue, and flu. Even the 35 tough young Norwegian Red Cross rescue skiers used as extras in the battle scenes found the going hard and at one time had to build an igloo to shelter in. He continues <laughs> noting on another occasion, a group of them dug a hole six feet under the snow in which to sit out a particularly dangerous whiteout. Food that was brought up to them was frozen before they could eat it. And he notes that helicopters and tracked vehicles were marshaled finally for a successful assault on the glacier, but not before one vehicle got embedded in a lake of ice. And on the last day, April 3rd, there was another avalanche, for pity's sake. And the locals told him that was a sign that spring had arrived. <laughs> My gosh, what they went through to do this was just insane. So, I mean, I personally get a lot of appreciation for what they go through in these location filming situations by reading stuff like that by seeing some of the behind the scenes documentary stuff but the hot stuff i think just goes beyond anything that they did for any other filming of star wars it's just so insane and so i hope that sharing some of that with you is good fun for you and fascinating and yeah there you go so <laughs> i think that's gonna do it 
for our appreciation of Hoth on the show, aside from just saying, my gosh, I love me a snowspeeder, and <laughs> leaving it at that for today's show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.